You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject you've tuned in to hear from is Robbie Barker from the outfit The Contortionist. The reason for the conversation is to promote the band's 2017 release, Clairvoyant. Let's have a listen to what Robbie has to say. Here we go. Congratulations on the Clairvoyant to begin with. Look, I get a lot of promos, and I started playing the promo version of the album at about 1am after a fairly heavy day at work. I was about halfway through the first track from the album, the track Monochrome, and I decided to stay awake and listen to the entire album. So can you tell listeners all about The Clairvoyant? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, Thanks for checking out the record. Um, Clairvoyant was sort of, I guess... uh, at the point in time we were writing a record that was just kind of what happened, you know, uh, when, when we sit down to write a record, we're not ever really quite sure what's going to happen with it. And, uh, we, uh, we, we took some time to get away from home and, and, uh, our, our normal day to day monotonous stuff and whatnot. Uh, and, uh, we went out to Maine where uh, Michael is and uh, so and wrote most of the record out there um, and this is just kind of the fruit of those efforts. Um, we, uh, we, we, tried in, we tried a few new things uh, musically and uh, lyrically I guess and uh, we're really hoping that uh, people are, in, are into it. Fair enough, mate. And where was the album actually recorded? Uh, we recorded with uh, James King in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is actually where we did language. And uh, Jamie has done like lots of our favorite records um, from like Between the Barry to Me, bands like that. You know, Sweet. Yep. Just kind of always liked his. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I just said that's great. Yeah, no, Between the Buried and Me, great band. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they were a big influence on us early on, so it was really cool, you know, doing language and then returning to Clairvoyant with Jamie because he's just such a... Uh, when it comes to audio production, even musically, that dude is a drummer and a guitar player, just kind of a genius all around. So definitely a, a great dude to have... Uh, while making a record. Yeah, cool, mate. And look, I, I'm hearing, I could be off the mark here, but I'm hearing a little bit of Paul Masvidal from Cynic and your own guitar playing. Is that about right? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Trace Denair Trace definitely had a big impact on me when that came out. Yep. Um, Likewise, actually, yeah. I'm trying to remember what year that was, but... Uh, the 2008. Yeah, man. Great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, in turn, in getting into Paul Masvidal and Cynic and stuff, uh, got me turned on to, uh, Exivius, which was, uh, the other guitar player who was involved with Cynic at that point in time for Trace and Air. Uh, that's his other band. And, uh, the record that they put out, uh, Liminal, I think it was called, a couple of years ago. 
yeah, it's phenomenal good. record. And as far as like, yeah, as far as technical guitar playing goes, like for me personally, that's definitely uh, something to shoot for. Yeah, cool. Look, I um, I knew nothing about you guys till I got the promo. To be quite honest with you, but. I need to ask this question then, because I'm loving the album, by the way, and I've gone back and listened to some of your back catalogue, courtesy of the strength of um, Clairvoyant. What do you think it would take for you guys to achieve a broader audience, as the music certainly deserves to be appreciated by a bigger audience? And again, to be completely honest, I don't think enough people are going to get to hear the album. Yeah, uh, that's definitely something that we were asking ourselves when we were writing this. Uh, record and that's sort of what pushed us in the direction of uh, trying to improve our, on our songwriting and, and whatnot. Because if you go back and listen to older stuff, I feel like we were a, a bit uh, kind of all over the place musically, which is which was great. Like that's what that's what we love to do, and um, you know we love to go off in musical tangents and get weird, but. Uh, we definitely had in mind like being slightly more accessible this this go around. Uh, what would it take for us to reach a larger audience? I guess I guess just uh, the next step and honing in on uh, songwriting and you know there are you know there are radio rock formulas out there that that we could follow even harder than we you know. Because that's a formula that we looked into when we were writing this record. Okay. A yep. couple of the songs definitely got that, that sort of treatment, but um, mm. I feel like maybe we could we could go down that path even further. Um, it's a, you know it's hard to say because a, a lot of what makes music accessible is the lyrics, and sometimes, mm-hmm. yep. At least in my opinion, uh, the super accessible uh, music. Lyrically is, to me, kind of, I would say, distasteful or something. Yeah, of course. It lacks so spirit. I, I lacks don't know. Soul. It's, a, it's a fine... Right, right, right. So it's, a, it's a fine line to walk, but um, I, we're definitely uh, trying to do it with some kind of grace, I guess. So I had I had an idea for you guys, and it might not be the first time you've heard this, but I reckon you guys would be a perfect tour partner and potential opener for Radiohead. Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, Radiohead has been a big influence on pretty much everyone in the band. Um, you know, me personally, Kid A, OK Computer, Hail to the Thief, uh, Cobble Honey, those were big ones for me, uh, especially like OK Computer and Hail to the Thief. Like those two records hmm. are definitely something that, I, that I'll go back to and listen you know, somewhat frequently, and I'm always blown away at the songwriting and the, you know, the like the rhythms and melodies, chord progressions, everything about that band is just super interesting to me. Yes, yeah, sweet. And and the other thing you remind me of is a lot of Australian bands, funnily enough. So I don't know whether you've heard of Sleep Makes Waves, Dead Letter Circus, and a band from Melbourne called The Parsi. Uh, actually, yes. Uh, Sleep Makes Waves are, are good buddies of ours. Um, 
we brought them over to the United States to do a tour Excellent. Cool. last year or two years ago. And they, they actually brought us over to Australia uh, last year. Maybe that was this year. Um, great guys. Um, Dead Letter Circus, uh, totally a, an influence on us. Um, they had that record called uh, the, the Warning or something like that. Yeah, I'm not too familiar um, with their music. Great I, I only just got into them recently, actually, and thought, okay, here we go. Here's some good stuff. Which it was around the same time I found I got the promo for you guys as I got their promo as well for their new album. So a lot of synchronicity there. Yeah, absolutely. That, that band definitely rubbed off on, on me personally. Cool, mate. And the other band that I've been listening to and getting into, and I, I found that there was... Uh, it, it was it, parallel, but there was still a lot of synchronicity. There was a, a band called Exile, which is a new project from Colin Stetson, who was a frequent collaborator with Arcade Fire, Bon Ivoire, and um, Animal Collective. Um, do you know a lot about Exile and Colin? I don't think I do. Um, I'm sort of familiar with Animal Collective. Uh, could you actually say those those two groups again? I, I think I may have missed that. Oh, so the first band that Colin collaborates with frequently is Arcade Fire from Canada and Bonivore or Bon okay. Bon We call it Bon Iver, but I think the band likes to be referred to as Bonivore. Oh, Bon Bon uh, yeah, gotcha. Okay, uh, we we may be mispronouncing this over here, but. You're right. uh, we, we, we say Bon Iver. Who, who knows? Yeah. Um, that that last record, Bon, bon Iver did uh, 22 a million. And the one before it, maybe it was two records ago. Uh, I can't remember the name exactly, but those two records were big hitters for me. I, I love all the acoustic guitar work and vocal melodies and I, I, I do. I really love that stuff. Yeah, sweet. Mate, tell me, just a different tangent, uh, different kind of a question. Tell me all about you as the guitarist, okay? Because as I've mentioned, I'm fascinated with Cynic's music, and I was so I think that's what actually drew me into you guys in the first 30 seconds of uh, the first song there on Clairvoyant, was that I, I really heard that. But your own playing, mate, who inspired you? Who got you started? Was it the typical case that Metallica or Megadeth were the gateway band and you got into progressive metal Eventually, um, Metallica definitely was a, a gateway band for sure. Uh, um, my parents are big into rock and progressive rock and metal, and my mom, when I was younger, got me into uh, a live Metallica record called S and M, and that was like probably one of the first metal records I'd ever heard. Which is, is that probably right? why I'm so, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's why I'm so into like having keyboards and orchestration hand in hand with like rock and metal music. Um, and then, you know, years later, my dad got me into bands like uh, Genesis and Rush and Deep Purple, Yes, so on and so forth. And, and from there, it was just, you know, into bands like Dream Theater, Between the Barrier and Me, and, you know, all those kinds of, of bands. So, um, you, you asked a question about uh, me as a 
as a guitar player, uh, like within the band? Um, well, I, yeah, either way you want I'm to do it. Sure no, no, you've answered the question really well, mate. I appreciate it. And you brought up something very interesting there because I've been a, a frequent critic of not just Metallica post, um, you know, I'm not one of these guys that hags on them because they went non-thrash from black onwards, but I've always just, I've always felt that there's something lacking in the quality a lot of, of a lot of their music that they've released post black. And one of the criticisms that I made aimed fair and squarely is on the album S&M, the one that you just mentioned there that was a significant inspiration for you. So I'm always really, I love talking to musicians and I love talking to people who have different perspectives and different points of view. So that is an album that frankly, I find virtually unlistenable, at least compared to a lot of the other symphonic rock and metal albums out there by bands such as Deep Purple and the German band called Rage, who did a, um, I can't remember the name of the album now, but it's pronounced, it's in Latin or Italian, uh, an album that, that Rage did in 1996 with an orchestra. But I see, I just cannot get my head around what, what on earth is going on on S&M. It sounds like, and I'm a big fan of Michael Carmen, who's the, um, who was the guy who did a lot of the arrangements. It just sounds like as though it was cobbled together very quickly as opposed to really thought out and, and some of the arrangements were, were if you like re well I don't know what else I can say it rethought out as well but you've given me some pretty good feedback that it was a significant inspiration for you yeah man I would have to agree with you on, on Metallica I, I uh, passed the Black Album and it's not much of a, an inspiration on me but for a for a young kid who has never really heard a whole lot of like guitar music in general, I think that's I think that's what it was for me was just like hearing this you know loud drum set with distorted guitars and and orchestration and I think at that point in my life, you know, I was probably like I don't know maybe six years old or something like that. Um, okay, yeah. I, I I I knew that I was interested in music and especially like orchestrated music and I I don't know it was just a perfect storm at that point in time but definitely not something that I you know revisit frequently. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and my name is Andrew Mackay Smith. That interview subject was Robbie Barker from the outfit The Contortionist. Thanks so much for listening.